Life Spring number 157. Urgency. He's got the power! Hello! How you doing? Christmas is almost here. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Life Spring. Wow, what a great show we've got for you today, and what an incredible week I've had. On the show today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation I had with Michelle Gold, a very talented singer with a great story. You'll get to hear that story and some of her fantastic music as well. In terms of the incredible week I mentioned, I record this show onto a laptop computer because my main computer, the one I use for actually doing the post-production, the workhorse, the one with all the horsepower... Well, the thing is just too loud. It's got like three or four fans in it, and it really just makes way too much noise to be able to have it on or have it running while I record. So whenever I'm recording, I power that one off. This week, when I was having my conversation with Michelle Gold, that machine, of course, was turned off. After the conversation, when I turned on the machine again to do the post-production and to get the show out to you, it got into one of those booting loops. You know, it would start, uh, get to the Windows splash screen where the little green progress bar goes across the screen. You know what I'm talking about. And then it would go black and then start the process all over again and do it all day, all day, all day if you let it. So without going into all the details, I've spent most of the last couple of days rebuilding my XP operating system. If I hadn't had so much work stacking up, you know, that I, that had to be done, it would have been a lot of fun because I really sort of had to get deep into the bowels of Windows to fix it. It was fun, but oh man, I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get all this stuff done. I've got a big project that I'm trying to complete for this Sunday service at church. Um, I'm finishing up the LifeSpring Family Bible. I've got a big project that I'm doing for some family Christmas gifts. I've got at least two more um, LifeSpring, um, LifeSpring Why Christmas shows to do. And, and then not to mention this show. And this one that you're listening to today has to do or has to get out before Christmas because Michelle and I made a point of making this a pre-Christmas show. Well, with all of that now being said, let's get the show started. Um, I'm sorry that it's late, but it just flat out could not be delayed or it couldn't be uh, helped. So I'm going to start off with Michelle Gold's song, God Forgive Me. And then uh, what we're going to do is talk about each one of the three songs that I'll be playing throughout the show later in today's conversation. Another 
got a very special guest today. We've got Michelle Gold on the line here. It's really kind of cool. The way I met Michelle was through Ed Ovette, who happens to be Michelle's uncle. And Ed, of course, is the host of the Ed's Mixed Bag podcast, which I highly recommend you go over there and check it out. But uh, that's how I first found out about Michelle Gold. And uh, so I contacted Michelle not long ago. And I ask if we might have a conversation. And she has been so gracious as to say, yes, let's do this. So, Michelle, welcome to the LifeSpring Show. Woohoo! Shalom! <laughs> What's up? From the New Yorker living in Nashville. You're in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here, Steve. Well, thank you so much for being here. So, all right, you started off right with a shalom. Now, golly, why would you say shalom? <laughs> Well, shalom is peace, hello, and goodbye in Hebrew. And uh, I'm I'm Jewish by birth, and uh, so that's a common greeting, shalom, or sometimes we say shalomi. <laughs> uh, so shalom is a little bit like aloha. Exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. I had never related them like that. So you um, are Jewish by background. Now, were you brought up in a in an Orthodox home? 
Actually, I was I was brought up in a family that was reformed, um, which which means that we went to temple on the holidays, and we were very very proud of our Jewish roots. We went to uh, we celebrated all the holidays, Hanukkah, the festival of lights. We celebrated Passover, and um, it, it was something exciting for us to be Jewish. We we learned I learned growing up that being Jewish meant you either became a doctor or a lawyer or you married one. <laughs> of course, I did neither of the two. So my dad, my dad was kind of disappointed, but I did marry a wonderful man. <laughs> and and your, your husband's name is Joe, correct? My husband is Joe, and uh, he goes by the name Joe Franco or Franco. Okay. Um, he's a youth missions pastor over at Born Again Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh-huh. And we've been married for eight wonderful years. Oh, very good. Very good. So has he always been a youth pastor, or did he have another job before this? He He's always been what we call a tent maker. Uh-huh. He has worked at Chase Manhattan Bank for over 13 years, uh, doing a lot of communications. He trained the phone representatives, those guys you talk to on the phone mm-hmm. when you call the bank. Um, he uh, And he always was a youth pastor on the side in New York City, uh, Staten Island, as well as Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's something he always loved, but just recently he's been able to do it full-time. So he's excited about that. He's the youth missions coordinator. He's going to be taking all the kids uh, all around the country to... Uh, hopefully help the poor and, and do some, some neat things and, and, and share their faith. Wow. Okay, now you said he's a youth pastor and not a youth rabbi. So somewhere along the line, a change happened. Either, <laughs> a that, change. Or, either that or we have a, a, a Jewish lady married to a... a, a sure. A, a, so, so, what is a nice Jewish girl uh, doing in a church with a youth pastor? Exactly. So what's the story? <laughs> Well, as I said, we were proud of our Jewish roots, and, um, you know, what did we believe about God? It all goes back to that and, and how, I found, how I found God, how I found Jesus uh, as a Jew. Um, telling you, Steve, I never converted because I I'm, I'm always was Joe, Jewish. I am Jewish. Uh, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so I've been completed. And, and there's a story behind that, and that story is what led me to marry a youth pastor that <laughs> so goes way back in time. Well, so what is the story? Well, um, my family, you know, we about God. What did we believe about God? Got to start from there, because Jewish people believe lots of different things. We have Jews who believe God doesn't even exist anymore. Right. We've got Jews who believe in Buddha. My family believed that God uh, was very, very far away. No such thing as a relationship with him. Um, unfortunately, we believed that there was no heaven, no forgiveness. Uh, when you die, you're probably going to go to dust. And it's funny, we celebrated a holiday called Yom Kippur, where we repent for our sins for one day. Right. And it's hilarious. Um, I think Jews for Jesus did a study where they met people outside of temple on the day of repentance. And they'd say, do you feel forgiven? And most Jews would say, no, I don't feel forgiven. Hmm. And so there's this, there's this perpetual feeling of like, am I forgiven? I don't know. Is there a heaven? I don't know. Well, can I stop so you for just a second? Let me, let, me, let, let me just ask you, what's even the point of forgiveness? Why do they feel like they need to be forgiven if nothing <laughs> happens once you die? You got a great question there, uh-huh. because, uh, you know, most Jews today believe that 
you know, they're inherently good unless they're murderers, you know. Um, their, their concept of sin is very different from our concept of sin or, or the, you know, for us. And, and biblically, sin is just, the, just a reminder that all of our good works are like filthy rags, that God is, is perfect and we're not, you know, and that right. we make mistakes and we miss the mark, you know, right. missing the mark is what we see as sin. But to Jewish people, I guess it's they, you know, some of them aren't familiar with their Bible and, and they see sin as something absolutely horrible and they don't feel that they really are sinners. And if they are, they're little things. And, and so, yeah, the whole concept of needing forgiveness even is, is uncertain for a lot of Jewish people. Okay. That's a, that's a really good question. And, you know, the other thing we learned is don't consider Jesus. And this, this, Steve, is what, what gets me inside, is that Jewish people are taught by their rabbis, and by people don't even say the name Jesus. I had to say J.C. growing up, whenever referring to Jesus, because, of course, I grew up in a Catholic neighborhood, and all my friends were Christians. Um, because, and there is a really good reason behind this, a lot of Jews were killed in the Holocaust in the name of Jesus, yes, as well as in the Spanish Inquisition. So Jewish people don't know those weren't real Christians. Real Christians would never kill. Right. So it was just out of the question. So, um, I, you know, to tell you the truth, it's amazing I even considered God. But when I was eight years old, I was in my bedroom, and I was feeling very depressed by this whole theory. My whole family, the only thing that brought us together was music, and we were always singing. Um, but I can't believe this. At eight years old, this whole thing depressed me. I needed to know there was a God. I needed to know there was something out there. And I just cried out, and I said, God, whoever you are, wherever you are, I just want to die. Mm. Now, now, my mother had a chemical imbalance at the time, and my dad was a frustrated New York City school teacher, so they would fight quite a lot. Not, now, God has, I think, done a great healing in them. Um, but at that time, it was unbearable. And, you know, I, these words came into my head, and the words said, Michelle Gold, you cannot die. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. <laughs> you are going to sing and write songs. Hallelujah. And your songs are going to touch people all over the world. I knew those words were not the thoughts of an eight-year-old kid. Uh -huh. I knew that had to be God speaking. So that's when I considered God. And um, shortly after that, at age 15, I thought I'd be the next Madonna. <laughs> I thought, oy vey, you know. I thought, if I could be famous, I will be happy. You know, there was always this emptiness, this nothingness in my life. And um, I went to Florida to record a demo with my cousin, Stephen Burdick. Now, Uncle Ed from Ed's Mixed Bag always told Stephen about Jesus. And Stephen uh, readily accepted. And, and I think Uncle Ed was uh, pretty much my family. He didn't talk to him for a little while as well. Now, uh, who's, whose brother is he? Is he, he your... is my mother's brother. Okay. My mom, Ruth, um, is Uncle Ed's sister. Okay. And um, so he, and so... you know... He, so is the Ovet family then, are they Jews as well, overall? Or? Yes, my whole family is Jewish on oh. both sides. Okay. And uh, so my mother's brother, Uncle Ed, mm -hmm. told his other sister, Aunt Jean, he told his other sister's son, um, Stephen Burdick, about Jesus. And Stephen and I were recording a, a recording session, and we took a break, walking along Miami Beach, and he says, Michelle, did you know? Of course, this is my Jewish accent coming in, because I, I love telling it like this. I don't think he said it like that. <laughs> but you <laughs> but do it like, so Michelle, well. Michelle, this is what I heard in my heart. Did you know that, you know, Jesus is the Jewish Messiah? His, you know, his Hebrew name is Yeshua. And... 
that he died for your sins and mine. And all we have to do is receive him. And that's the forgiveness. He's a promised Jewish Messiah that Matthew, Mark, probably Luke and John were Jewish. All the first believers were Jewish. The most Jewish thing you could do is believe. And you know what? With the faith of a child, I said, I believe that right now. And this beautiful breeze came over me. Oh, how wonderful. And so that was the beginning of everything. So it didn't take a big uh, uh, intellectual study for you. You didn't have to really search your heart or anything. You were ready for it. The Holy Spirit had already prepared you. I think so, and I I think Jewish people these days are not looking for an intellectual answer, although that is very helpful for some, and and it's helpful once a Jew believes in Jesus, it's helpful to be able to understand things. But I think that Jewish people are looking for the power of God, like everybody else, and when they see and feel God's power and His healing, you know, we're open. And at that time, Stephen was ministering to me. Mm -hmm. He was loving on me. He was telling me how God was my father, how God loved me like no one else. And at that time, I was empty and I needed God's love. And that spoke to me. That spoke volumes to me. I didn't need to understand anything else. Wow. So were you in a a point of crisis in your life? I mean, it sounds as if you were really sort of in a, a place of despair. I think I really was rebelling at that time. You know, here I was, 15 years old. Um, You know, I had a good girl, bad girl side. You know, on one hand, I was like the dream kid doing well in school and and always beautiful, always sweet. You know, but then I had this this other side that that liked to party and can go out with with boys. And I was, you know, at the time dating someone who was way too old for me. And, you know, um, and so, yeah, there was a crisis in my life. I thought that the only thing good about me was my singing. And that's where my sense of self-worth came from for some strange reason. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was any other reason to live. I, I wanted to please God, but I had forgotten about him. Or, and I didn't have any guidance on how to find him. Right. And it sounds as if being uh, from the family you were from, even though you, you observed the different uh, holidays, there, there wasn't a, a relationship between you and God or, or between – it wasn't even taught to you that you can have a relationship with him. Exactly. Wow. And, I, you know, one of these days I have to figure out where I heard this, whether it was in a movie or what, but where, where someone sees a custom and they say, oh, it's beautiful, but what does it mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's how my life was. It was like I'd see all these beautiful customs and traditions, and I'd go, well, what does it mean? I, you know, I even remember trying to search for God. I went to the synagogue, and they, all they spoke was Hebrew. And everybody next to me was in their 60s and 70s, and I was like, you know, 14. And I'm sitting there like, God, I want to find you, but I don't, I don't know what's going on in this temple right now. I right. don't understand a word. I don't get it. I don't feel your love. I don't, I don't see any instructions around here. And I'd, I'd even ask my Hebrew school teacher, can I read the Bible? I want to read that. I want to read the Jewish Bible. And she said, you can't read it until you learn Hebrew. Mm. It's not, she didn't think it was proper to read it in English. Interesting. So I thought, oh, great, I'm never going to understand God's ways because I'm not good enough to you know, read in English. Right. And I, I don't think I want to learn Hebrew. <laughs> At right. the time, I really didn't care to learn Hebrew. So is, is Hebrew school, uh, is that something that most Jewish kids go through, and how adept do does the average person get at understanding Hebrew? You know, Hebrew school these days, I can't speak for all of the schools, but it's basically like an after-school center, and you learn some Hebrew, very little. You learn a little about the holidays, 
hopefully you get excited about your roots and connect with other children. Uh, but very little is talked about with regards to God, or at least in my Hebrew school. Uh-huh. Okay. It wasn't about God. All right. See, so it, it's a... Yeah, it was a constant search for me. In fact, Hebrew school was like another platform for me to be a singer. Um, they loved my voice, and they had me sing all these beautiful Jewish songs. <laughs> uh-huh. So Hebrew school was a stage for me. So Hebrew school isn't necessarily just learning the language of Hebrew. It, it, it tries to convey the entire culture. Yeah, it would be compared to like, um, I, I believe, I'm trying to think, when a Catholic child gets a communion, they have okay. to go through some kind of training. Right. Well, we go through some kind of training to, to hopefully gain maturity, and then we have what's called a bas mitzvah. Right. A, a bat mitzvah, rather, or uh, for a girl, bas mitzvah. Right, okay. And, um, so, yeah, and I, I graduated Hebrew school. But, you know, it's funny, when I came back to New York uh, after hearing about Jesus, I can't tell you that it was all hunky-dory. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> going to be my next yes question, because I know that a lot of times when, when, a, when a Jewish person, person um, becomes a Christian, there's huge turmoil in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what was your experience? So my experience was I came back to New York. I was so happy. I got a Bible with the red letters where Yeshua talked, because in Brooklyn he talks. <laughs> and I and I wanted to learn. I just just consumed. I was so consumed by God. I just I just was so thrilled to find Jesus and joined a church. Um, actually, my hairstylist at the time uh, told me to come to her church, and I snuck to church every Sunday on a bicycle that we had in the house. Um, my parents didn't know. They thought I was just riding in the park. But here I was going to church, sneaking okay. to church. <laughs> Some kids sneak away. I was sneaking to church. And so how long? Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get grounded. And what happened is, one day, my pastor thought I should tell my dad. And um, my pastor didn't quite understand what it would be like. And, and he probably could have gone with me to my dad, but he didn't think of that because uh, he could have explained things better than I could. And my dad, you know, threatened that, you know, he might lock me in my room on Sundays if I go to church anymore. Hmm. I think one time he actually had to because I was going to disobey him uh, and go to church anyway. Um, And my dad, you know, I'll say that he emotionally disowned me because some Jews, when they accept Jesus as their Savior, parents never talk to them again. Parents kick them out of the house, you know. With my situation, my dad took care of my needs, allowed me to live there, but there was a total separation in heart and spirit with him and I. Our relationship was, was totally shattered. That must have been heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I mean, I was in the house, but... I didn't know him, and um, and it was a terrible time for me. Even my mother, who is so cool and seems to be very liberal, at the time I told her about Jesus, and she she didn't like that either. So, um, it, you know, it came as a shock. Um, and I was so confused. I started to question my own faith. I didn't get grounded. And I even got to a point I went to a therapist, and I said, is Jesus a Messiah? I need to know. Because <laughs> when I was eight years old, I vowed to please God. And if pleasing him means believing in his Jewish Messiah, then I want to believe. So tell me, Miss Therapist, is he the Messiah? <laughs> well, of course, she gave me the, the, the expected answer. Uh, God is whoever you want him to be. And he's in you, he's in me, he's in everybody, and you're the answer. Uh-huh. And I wrote this song, How I'm the Answer, and it's all in me. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> and, um, you know, found myself even more confused. So, um, 
it was just a terrible time of confusion and I lost my sense of self again. I lost my will to live. I had been in a relationship with a boy who's an alcoholic. I lost my voice, my singing voice. I was studying opera at Manhattan School of Music and had to leave for a whole semester because my voice was hoarse. Wow. (laughs) And so how long did this last? Well, uh, let's see. I came to the Lord when I was 15 and there was a good nine months where I served him. And then I fell away slightly after that when I told my dad. Right. So, um, couple of years later, yeah, lasted a couple of years where I was confused. And during that time, God would bring me Christians. You know, I was a waitress and the chef was in love with Jesus. And he'd walk me home every night and tell me, why don't you go back to church? Why don't you come back to the Lord? You know, God didn't give up on me. Even at Kinko's working the copy machines, I had people <laughs> tell him he thought the Lord. Interesting. And so then what happened? Well, what happened is, you know, losing my voice shattered my world. I thought my voice was God, and I realized that can't be the case. And I found myself in a codependency program for relationships. And it was there that I learned about the 12 steps. And one of the 12 steps was, da-da-da-da-da-da, find out about your higher power. You know, draw close to him, whoever he is, wherever he is. And it was then I said, I've got to go back to church, because there was something real about that Yeshua that Yeshua, when I prayed in his name, he answered my prayers, and I never did read the Bible completely to find out if he really was, and um, at that point, I, I found the scripture, uh, John fourteen six, where Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me, yep. and I heard a sermon about how he's got to be the Messiah, because why would he lie if he, you know, because he, he did all great things? Why would, didn't line up with his character to lie mm-hmm. if all he did was heal people and save people? And, um, you know, I, I, I lived around the corner from a church. I went into that church, um, Trinity Tabernacle in Brooklyn, New York. My husband was uh, sharing, preaching that day, and I, I you know, I began to weep before God, and I, I shook as, as someone prayed out loud and felt God cleansing me and healing me of my entire past. Mm. And I said, God, I don't want anything to fill me up but you. I mm. want you to be my everything. At that moment, I was healed of all emptiness, all nothingness. I was healed of stomach aches, irritable bowel syndrome, throat problems, um, <laughs> and my relationship with my mom and dad slowly healed as well. Um, I became more Jewish than I'd ever been, started celebrating the holidays as a believer in Jesus, uh-huh. celebrating Jewish holidays with more meaning than ever before, Yes. Um, planned to raise my kids Jewish and, and believing in Jesus. I got one on the way, going to oh. have a baby soon in May. Oh, congratulations. And I've been traveling the United States and recently got to travel Europe singing about my faith. Mm, what a story. How wonderful. Yeah. You know, his, you know his, it's funny how, you know, that, that, little, that little conversation I had with God when I was eight, how it came to pass. Yeah. He said I was going to go throughout the world and, and share the healing I found. And recently I was in Germany and Switzerland and France. In France, I got to see over 50 Jewish people come and, and be interested in Yeshua oh, as their wow. Savior. Oh, that's wonderful. So is it different in Europe um, when you present yourself as a believing Jew? than it is here in the United States? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, it's, it's 
Hmm. I can't say overall. I can just say that there's more of a bluntness that I experienced there, that if someone's not a believer, they'll tell you exactly why. And, you know, um, see, in New York, you have that bluntness, and in maybe the North. But as I minister in the South, um, if I meet Jewish people, it's, it's, they're not as blunt about why they don't believe, you know, so it can be harder. It's, it's actually easier the more people are, are rude. Sure, <laughs> because you, you can... Know. Yeah, you, you know, know you can have a real is. conversation when they're willing to give you real answers. Sure. Yeah, interesting. But it's exciting. Oh, and one thing I have to add is I went to Israel, and we, you know, we're seeing more Jewish people come to know Messiah in Israel like never before. Oh, really? It is really? unbelievable how many Jewish people are considering Jesus as their Messiah. Wow. Now, when you say Jewish people, just as there are different brands of Christians, there are different mm-hmm. brands of Jews. We know that. You've mm-hmm. got your Orthodox and you have the Reformed, and then there's a third group as well, overall. Is that not correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so the people that come to Jesus, is it, is it a mix of the different disciplines, or are, is it more Orthodox or less Orthodox, or how would that work out? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I do know that with the Orthodox Jewish people, lots of them are secret believers. Mm. Because if they were to come out and share openly that they were believers, uh, they would be totally excommunicated from their society, from their area, their neighborhoods. Right. Um, But it is a lot of the, you know, I'm in my 30s. There's a lot of people my generation coming to the Lord. Most of them, I think, are Reformed. They don't. They 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 know about their Judaism, but they're they're tired of the emptiness. People are telling them about Jesus, praying with them for healing. They're seeing the power of God, yes. and they're coming to the Lord. Yes. So it's 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 been powerful to see. For the listeners that that may not know, would you quickly explain the difference between Orthodox and Reformed? Sure. I'll do the best I can. Okay. Um, Reformed is, um, you know, if they beca- if Jewish people become more and more religious, you know, as, as you go up, Reformed would be like um, probably the least religious as far as um, customs. Uh, and Jewish people who say they're Jewish, who believe it firmly, but will we'll go to temple maybe just on the holidays. And, um, and and maybe might light the candles on Friday night to celebrate the creation of the world. Um, then you have uh, conservative Jews who are slightly more religious. That's actually one of my favorite um, sections of Judaism. Um, they're slightly more charismatic. They they go to shul every weekend. They'll definitely go to shul, shul or being, temple, however okay. you want to call it. Okay. Um, and then you have the, and they'll usually wear a yarmulke or a kippah on their head. Um, and then you have the orthodox, the ones that have the payas, the little curls down the side of the face. They'll wear the hats and the black, you know, suits. Mm-hmm. They're the most religious. They are the probably the conservative and the orthodox might be the only type of Jewish people that read their Bible. Most of the Jews you'll talk to will be Reformed, and most of them don't read their Bible. Interesting. So, um, yeah, the majority of Jews today are very secular um, and uh, definitely feel strongly about their Judaism, but don't follow it so much. It's more about, like, it's more about me. What do I want to do? How do I want to see Judaism, you know? (laughs) Interesting. So they don't really have the the standard. Since they're not that much into reading the Word, they don't really understand the standard. Yeah, secular Judaism today, it's more, Judaism is more of a nationality, right. you know, it's like being African-American. We're really proud of it, but it's, 
you know, it's not something everybody understands or, or right. takes pride in the meaning of things. Right, with. right. And so you say that, that you're seeing more and more Jews coming to the Lord um, at this particular point in history. Why do you suppose that is? You know, that's a great question. Um, I wish I was as good of, as a preacher as my husband, because he <laughs> actually, he was born Catholic and knows more about Judaism than I know, <laughs> and I'm Jewish. <laughs> But I do know that the Bible talks about the last days. Yes, it does. And there is a scripture that says in the last days, a Gentile will take the hem of a Jewish person's garment and say, show me the Lord. Mm. The Jews are the chosen people, and we're not chosen because we're better. We're all equal in God's sight. Um, You know, Gentiles have been grafted into the branch. We're all his precious children, you know, beloved of him. The Jews were chosen because we're supposed to be a light to the nations. So in these last days, according to the Bible, the Jews are supposed to come to the Lord and supposed to lead uh, the non-believers to him. So it's, it's, it's definitely biblical that we should be coming now. And um, maybe also, you know, Christians are becoming more bold in their faith. Um, I know the book of Romans talks about provoking Jewish people to jealousy with our faith. I think as Christians celebrate more Jewish holidays, Jews are going to say, that's my holiday. What are you doing (laughs) celebrating that? You know, and and they're going to come to know the Lord um, through that witness. You know, I went many, many years ago, I went to a a Passover or someone actually came into our church and performed a a very traditional um, Jewish Passover and explain the steps as they went. And as a Christian, I'm looking at the different emblems, and, and I'm saying, how could Jews not see that this is representative <laughs> of the Trinity and of the, the Messiah? Isn't it amazing? It is. And so um, I can see how a Jew would, would come around and say, wait a minute, that's mine. But but as a Christian says, yes, but look at what this represents. It, mm-hmm. it, you would think that it would just open their eyes and they'd say, oh, yes, but it, it sometimes is a, is a struggle. Oh, yeah. It's, it is amazing. And you know, the whole communion came out of pa- Passover. You know, Jesus, Yeshua, was celebrating Passover when he lifted up the, the cup of wine, the cup that we call the cup of redemption. And, you know, that's when he said, this is, this is my blood, you know. And when he held up the matzah, he said, this is my body, you know. So it's, it all stems from the Jewish holidays. And, yeah, I, I'm surprised Jewish people don't see it. I mean, I've explained it to my parents hundreds of times. You know, my mom even came to a Passover Seder at our church that we had. Um, and and know, so what does she say? Well, she stayed for most of the most of it, and she thought it was beautiful. And then, um, conveniently, during the uh, altar call or, or decision making process, if you will, she had to go to the bathroom and uh-huh. <laughs> never came back. Wow! <laughs> but I thought, well, at least I got her that far to come out. Um, let me tell you, you know, something, though. Let, let me just yeah. inter- interrupt you there, because I want to encourage you not to stop praying for either one of your parents. And let me tell you why I say this. My dad is 80 years old, and he's just on death's door. Mm-hmm. And for the for most of my life, um, well, I, I got saved when I was 16 years old. I came home from church that day, and I explained to him that I'd become a Christian. And the, the uh, reaction that I got from him was horrible. Uh, it had me in tears, uh, just vitriolic. It was horrible, mm-hmm. just not hate towards me, but hate towards God and the church and everything else. And mm-hmm. for most of my life, until about two months ago, um, I just prayed for him. Every time I tried to talk to him about the Lord, it was the same thing. And I just pr- I've just i been praying 
nearly my whole life, God, please bring someone into his life that can speak mm-hmm. to him and 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 make him see how much you love him. And it long story, but he got saved about two months ago. And it's it's a real it's a Ooh. real thing. And wow. so don't give up on your parents. That's incredible. And and you know what? I'm already beginning to see God do great things. Uh, my mother saw me share my testimony on CBN, the 700 Club, Ooh. and claimed that she prayed with the um, with this speaker on there, Terry Mewson. Wow. Uh, she prayed the sinner's prayer. Not, <laughs> you know, we haven't discussed if she knows what that means, uh-huh. or you know, um, she's not ready to admit that she's a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did pray that prayer. Wow. And my dad's asking so many questions about the book of Isaiah, especially uh-huh. Isaiah 53. I wonder why. Isaiah 53 <laughs> is like, I wish I could post it throughout the world. It's like a description of the Messiah. Isn't you it? You know, though? in the Jewish Bible. Yes. Oh, praise God so for that. Yeah, so he's. He's on his way. I think they're on their way. You know, it's just hard because Jewish people think that they have to give up their Judaism when they come to know Yeshua. The reality is, Jesus is Jewish. You know, he celebrated Passover. He celebrated Hanukkah in John chapter 10. His mother was Miriam. His father was Yosef. Uh-huh. He came from a Jewish town called Bethlehem uh-huh. or Bethlehem. Um, you know, and, and so... It's a very Jewish thing to believe. Um, the rabbis have, some of them misled us into thinking that we shouldn't consider him as Messiah. They'll consider Schneerson and the other guys, but, oh, not Yeshua, you mm-hmm. know. Right. Uh, but it's coming. Any day now, it's coming. The, the Jews are going to come to know the Lord, and we must pray for, for boldness and wisdom as we share our faith. You know, when, when God said to go throughout all the nations, we got the Great Commission. He really did say all nations. Jews do not have a separate path to heaven. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and there are those, some, too, that believe that God has given up on the Jews and he's, you know, passed them by. But nothing yeah. could be further from the truth. Oh, that breaks my heart so much. That breaks my heart so much because the the whole book of Romans, I think it's chapter ten and eleven, talk about God's promise to save the Jews. Yes, and it's and it specifically talks about, hey, if He was merciful with us with the Gentiles, don't you think He's going to be merciful with the Jews? Amen. You know, and and He loves His people and wants to bring them back to Him. Um, they still you know. are God's chosen. And, and yes. we as Christians are, are told that we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're supposed to pray exactly. for the Jewish nation. Hey, would you give up on your own kids? You uh, know what I mean? Like, why would God give up on his own children that he course. loves? You of know, course. it's like, it's just crazy. And there's some famous preachers out there now talking about this stuff, how we, we don't, Jews don't need Jesus. We have a special past. That's hogwash. Yeah, it's it's hogwash. the devil trying to... You know, it's terrible. It's terrible to try and exclude a race of people from needing Jesus. Of course Because Jesus, you know, otherwise he died in vain if he didn't die for everyone. Of course, of course. So many times in the Old Testament, you know, they would, he would deliver them and then they would say thank you and then turn their back and, and everything else. But time after time after time after time after time, God would say, if you return to me, I'll forgive you. And they would return to him and he would forgive them. And why would he stop doing that? Especially when Jesus said to, to his disciples, when they said, how many times which should we forgive someone? He said, 70 times seven. Would we, would God do less than that? Exactly. He forgives exactly. all of us, whether we're Jewish or Gentile. It's uh, mm-hmm. God is. He paid that ultimate price. He gave His Son so that forgiveness would be there. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. 
he's not giving up on the Jewish people. And that's, you know, that's exactly, you know, Satan is in the Jewish Bible, too. I think his Hebrew name is Satan in Hebrew. And um, that's Satan's plan to try and get people to forget about the Jewish people's need for salvation because the Messiah came out of the Jews. Satan hates the Jewish people more than anyone. You know, we're a threat to uh, his existence. So, um, as, as are all Christians. But absolutely, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people say, well, I can be an example. I don't have to share my faith. And, and, and that breaks my heart, too. And I, and I just ask God to even give me an urgency when, when I feel that way. Because in the Bible, there's that great story of the blind man. And, you know, all he did was say, I was blind, but now I see. But that was a great testimony. Yep. You know, he didn't just show an example and walk around and show people that uh-huh. he's blind now. He, see, he said it with his mouth. Yes. I was blind, now I see. Look what God did for me, you yes. know? That's what I'm hoping that my Christian friends will do, that they'll, you know, share what God's done for them, you know, share his power. Sure. It's so amazing. I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I'm not going to die and go to dust. I'm so glad that there's forgiveness for me, that there's love for me, um, that there's a plan for my life, there's a purpose. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. My baby's going to be born May 1st. I can't wait to raise her <laughs> in, in the Jewish culture and tell her about the hope that we have in Yeshua. It's going to be awesome. Yes, amen. Hey, speaking of the uh, the holidays um, that you um, practiced as, as a Jew, as a little child, I know being in a Jewish home, you didn't celebrate Christmas, but now that you're a believing Jew, tell me what Christmas is to you. We're coming up. Christmas is uh, next week, just a few days mm-hmm. away. And has your perception of Christmas changed since you become a believer? Or Talk about that. Well, I always wanted to celebrate Christmas. I went to Mass with a lot of my Catholic friends growing up. I'd sleep over Saturday night before Christmas or whatever night it was. And I had a Christmas tree in my Barbie doll house and a little tree in my uh, basement that we called a Hanukkah bush, you know. But my dad was always careful to make sure it was a very small tree, and we, we called it a Hanukkah bush. <laughs> but um, when I decided to walk with Jesus as my Savior, as my Messiah and King, um, I found out that Christmas is a Jewish holiday. Um, I found out that it's, it's you know, because Jesus is Jewish, he celebrated the, the holidays, Mother Miriam, Father Yosef, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to, to rejoice. Um, it's, it's the most Jewish thing I could do is believe in him. And also it had new meaning because uh, throughout the years I had seen my friends just celebrating Jesus' birth. Um, and that's wonderful. But for me, it even goes deeper in remembering that we have forgiveness. You know, we have hope for a future because um, he made a way where there is no way for us to be reconciled to the Father. Um, that That's just so awesome. You know, when you see romances and things in the movies, everybody loves to see reconciliation, you know, the perfect love story. And isn't Yeshua just the perfect love story Mm. that, you know, in his coming down to earth, he gave us reconciliation with God the Father. Mm. Um, So that's what Christmas means to me now. Amen. Very good. Well, you said that you were going to be singing a song for us, but before we get to that, you have got some songs that you've released to the podcasting universe, and some of my favorites are um, Dayenu uh, and a couple of other ones. But talk to me about Dayenu. Uh, Dayenu in Hebrew means it would have been enough. It's kind of like saying, wow, you've done so much for me, you know. Um, I went to Jews for Jesus when I first came to 
to know Yeshua. My husband hooked me up with them, and they gave me some wonderful, wonderful uh, grounding in my faith. Um, and they have this, this Passover uh, Seder. They have them every year in New York and in different states. Um, and I always saw Passover as a celebration of deliverance from Egypt. God delivered the Jews out of Egypt. But at this Passover Seder, Jews for Jesus pointed out that it's a celebration also of the deliverance that we have from our past and how great that is. Our Egypt, you know, our personal Egypt, the sin that we were in, the, the turmoil we went through, the anger, the, the you know, differences we had with family members. Um, and, and we're thanking God. It's a song of gratitude. Wow, God, you've done so much for me. It would have been enough. Yes. Um, normally the Jewish song, it's an old customary song, says, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If you just gave us the law, it would have been enough. If you just gave us, uh, if you blessed this day, you know. But Jews for Jesus and a lot of Messianic Jews, Jews who believe in Yeshua, uh, will actually say, Dayenu, it, it would have been enough if you just gave us the law and all this stuff. But you also gave us Jesus. Mm-hmm. You gave us forgiveness. So that's what that song, that song is my uh, desire to bring out an old customary song, change the melody, change the beat, and make it hip for for young people so that they can get a taste of what the song really means. It's wonderful to listen to. It's got, you know, a very Middle Eastern sound. Um, I just love the sound of the song, let alone the lyrics, and the lyrics are just so meaningful. And so at the end of the song, it sounds like there's some words there that are not English, and I can't quite make <laughs> I can't quite make them out. Yeah. And that's, you know, basically what I was just saying, like, you know, it would have been enough if you had given us the law or if you blessed this day, but instead you've done so much more, you know, it would have been enough. All right.
is much more of a, a rock type thing is God Forgive Me. you got a great bass line in there and some great effects. Talk about mm. God Forgive Me. God Forgive Me was produced by Chris Omardian. Um, his mother is Stormy Omardian, the writer of, I think, A Power of a Praying Woman. She's a wonderful a, lady. I've met her. Yeah. Yeah, her son is here in Nashville. He's a sweetheart and is a great producer. He produced that. And I wrote that with uh, him and um, Edwin Garcia, as well as Rick Elias' wife, Linda. And we wrote that song together. It basically uh, talks about how, uh, how we, it's easy to close our eyes. And uh, how one day I remember I was with my husband at the youth group, and I was so tired. And I said, Lord, I have nothing in me. I have nothing to give these kids. And I prayed for an urgency. And um, that's not a word people use often, urgency, you know. But I went up to the altar to pray afterward, and some kid starts praying for me. And I'm like, oh, Lord. I felt so bad. I'm like, I don't want this kid to pray for me. She's just a kid. (laughs) (laughs) But as she started to pray, I felt so convicted. I was like, no, this kid has power. Well, of course, guess what she prayed? As if she read my mind. Lord, give her urgency. Oh my goodness, she read my mind. (laughs) And that's basically what the song is about. It's about needing to have that urgency, opening our eyes to the needs around us. I used to travel on the the F train a lot, and I'd see homeless people and people in need. And I I often allowed my tiredness to take over and didn't share my faith, whereas other days, you know, I did share my faith. So it's just a reminder that we do need to open our eyes. And God is a God of forgiveness. And as soon as we pray it and admit our faults, he's doing it. He's given us his power. It's alive and available. Great song. And what about You Were There? You Were There is a reminder that, uh, you know, when Moses parted the sea, when God parted the sea for Moses, you know, God was there 
when Daniel was in the lion's den, you know, God was there with him, that we don't have to feel inadequate, uh, even if we're not as competent as we would like to be, uh, that God is always with us. Um, I was just telling you that I, you know, rode the F train a lot from the age of 13 and up. Well, a couple of years ago, I was on the F train and I was assaulted actually. Um, 4.13 in the afternoon, reading my Bible, didn't realize I was the only person in the car. And this man put his arm around my neck and said, just don't move. My whole life flashed before my eyes. You know, I'd remembered stories my husband told me about calling on the name of Jesus and the power. Well, even though I didn't know if my voice would come out, this faith came over me. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, let me go. Well, immediately the doors opened and I walked off the train and the man stood there. He was, about, he was at least six foot something. And he watched me walk off in, in shock. Wow. And I, I, I should have just shut my mouth at that point. But as the doors closed, I continued in the, in the power of God. And I just said, and I rebuke you. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was quite shaken up, half laughing, half crying. Uh-huh. I knew Jesus was there. And the bottom line is, Jesus didn't just die on the cross so we could say, oh, that's a nice story. You know, he sent his spirit. It lives in us. His power is available today. Yes. He's empowered us. We're victorious. You know, I even saw 9-11 happen. I was in New York. I wasn't, I was supposed to go there that day for lunch and didn't, um, you know, God kept a lot of my friends, delivered a lot of my friends, but a lot of people I know were delivered from 9-11. Uh, that day they didn't go to work oh. or uh, my brother was supposed to go to work that, a couple of days before that, that job fell through. Mm-hmm. And, and even God can be there in the difficult times. That's right. um, I even believe that, you know, he's, he's there with the families comforting them yes. as, as horrible and difficult as that was. Yes. And so did you write that song after 9-11? Or? Yeah, I believe I did. And I wrote that with my friend Elizabeth Jordan, who's a songwriter as well. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's just another power song, you know, to empower us. Let us know that, that our faith is, is not just a nice little thing to put on the shelf, that he's really with us. And the weaker we are, the stronger he is. Exactly. Which is my, one of my favorite scriptures. When I'm weak, he's strong. Because, boy, Steve, sometimes I feel really weak. Yeah, and that's the best place to be. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That he had no chance of victory without you, without you. Though he's stronger without peace of mind, any more for friends he left behind. Still he lifted trembling hands over the waves, unafraid. You were there, you were there, you were there, a shining cloud by day. You were there, you were there, you were there, a burning fire to light the way. You were there. Someone as great as you would want to reach for me Wandering in the wilderness Bounded by my loneliness The same hands that set Moses free You rescued me Shining cloud by day 
songs is I just listen to the to the sound first and then the second or third time through is when I start really listening to the lyrics and when I started listening to the lyrics in that it just really sort of reminded me of reading the Old Testament because you you talk about the, the different times where God was there with the the children of Israel and I'm in the process of reading through the Bible we're at the very end of it now. I've got one. Of, I've got a show called the Lifespring Family Bible, and we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. And of course, there's more, more Old Testament than New. And so I'm. I've been reading a lot about the history of the Jewish people, obviously. And reading that um, and listening to your song w- gave me a lot of the same feeling that yes, God is there, and God is there, and God is there, and He doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, He, he Isn't doesn't. Isn't it easy to have a pity party? I'm telling you, it is so easy these days. <laughs> yes, Just... it is. I can just sit and think about poor pitiful me and, and all the things wrong, but and that's just what the devil wants. But it's like my pastor is always preaching about this, how we need to be empowered. You know, the same power that raised Yeshua from the dead lives in us. You were there, and, and if you were there then, you're there now. Amen. You're here now. That's right. Yeah. He, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't change. Oh God, because <laughs> we change. <laughs> but he does not change. And, and t- takes no vacations. <laughs> That's right. Well, Michelle, this has been great. Um, you offered, before we started our, our interview, to uh, sing the Israeli National Anthem. And I don't believe I've ever heard it, and I know it's never been on this show, and I'll bet that it hasn't been sung on very many podcasts. And I would love to have you do that for us. Sure. And that song is called Hatikva, which means hope. And I can sing a little in Hebrew, a little in English, so you'll get the feeling of what it is. Pendima Nefesh Yehudi Homia Ulfate Mizrach Kadima Ayan Letzion Sophia Holodotik Vatenu 
התקוות בת שנתיים להיות אף חופשי בארצנו, ארץ ציון וירושלים. In our Jewish hearts, our spirits still sing, and our eyes look east towards Zion. For two thousand years we have hoped, and our hope is not yet lost. To be free people in our land, Land of Zion and Jerusalem To be free people in our land Land of Zion and Jerusalem Oh, that a, is the hope that we have. Oh, that's wonderful. What a passionate song that is. Thank you, Steve. Well, Michelle, we've been talking for quite some time, and uh, I know you're a very busy lady, and I just so appreciate your being on the show today. God bless you. Thank you very much. And I, I want to just put it out there. I, I love to keep in contact with people. I love to respond to emails. So, you know, if you're out there listening, you have questions, or you just want to send a prayer request, Please email me at my website, michellegold.com, michelle2lsgoldasinjewelrydarling.com. Click on contact. I would love to hear from you, love to have you on my mailing list. Oh, and I just want to encourage you, please continue sharing your faith uh, as we're commanded to do in the Great Commission. Amen. And, of course, I'll have all the links on the show notes page, too, at lifespringmedia.com. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about sharing the faith. Uh, it, it is a good thing to uh, live uh, like we're supposed to, but that by itself isn't the entire equation. You have to have mm-hmm. – you have to put it into words. We need urgency. Urgency. That's going to be <laughs> – Lord, the, give us urgency. <laughs> that'll be the name of this particular episode, urgency. <laughs> It ain't in me, but you got it, Lord, so put it in me. Amen, amen. You got the power. He's got the power. (laughs) Well, Michelle, Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, or as we say as Jews, Merry Christmas. I've got to work on that. Merry Christmas. (laughs) God God bless bless you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Quite a lady, huh? I tell you, I really enjoyed spending time with Michelle, and I hope you enjoyed listening as well. Michelle, thank you again. It was a real blessing. You were just so generous with your time, and uh, I appreciate it. If you want to find out more about Michelle or to buy some of her music, her website is michellegold.com. If you want to know more about the organization that she referred to, Jews for Jesus, their website is jewsforjesus.com. I also want to thank Uncle Ed, Uncle Ed Ovet, for introducing Michelle and I. Ed's got a really good show at edsmixedbag.com. Check it out and uh, tell them Steve sent you. Of course, all these links will be on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the Christmas show that James Cooper and I are doing this year. It's a series of shows that you can find at lifespringwhychristmas.com. So until next time, have a Merry Christmas. I'm Steve Webb. If I have a second, I'd love to pray for those listening. Um, Is that okay? Absolutely.
Okay, Father, Yeshua, Avinu Malkenu, my King, I just pray for those listening today, Lord. I, I pray if there's anyone who, who's not sure if you're the Messiah, that you just make it so clear uh, that you would show up for them. Show them that you're real. Show them in, in, their, in the scriptures and in any way that you can, Lord. And I pray for those who believe that you give us an urgency, Lord, to share our faith, Lord. Uh, when we're weak, you're strong. When we don't want to do it, you're there. You give us the words to speak as you did with Moses. And let us keep falling in love with you, Lord. You're everything. You're the reason for the season. You're the light of the world. Thank you, Yeshua, for Steve. Just continue to bless him. In Yeshua's name, we believe you for all the wonderful things you're going to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Shalom alechem. <laughs> okay, what was the second part of that? <laughs> <laughs> That's like very much peace. Oh, okay. <laughs> To the ninth degree. (laughs) Well, you're the math guy. Thank you, Michelle. God bless you again. Okay. Excuse me. Please say hi to Joe for me as well. Will do. You shared a lot of you today, and I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you again for your show, and keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I'll email you as soon as the show's out. Okay. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. LifeSpring Media, bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow, and Limelight.